If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Blog Talk Radio. This is the EWN Radio Network. And she said to me, I'm watching her live my life. It's time for Life Interrupted Radio, a show empowering women to thrive after the unexpected and create a happy, healthy, wealthy life no matter what your circumstance. Here's your host, Sharon Saylor. Welcome to Friday Night the Weekend. I so enjoy starting my weekend with you and learning more about ways to thrive and have a wonderful life and create the life of our dreams after the unexpected. I am your host, Sharon Saylor, and as I start every show, it's with a nice cup of Earl Grey tea here cozied up next to me with just a little bit of caffeine to get me through. I love to start each show with a nice deep breath or two, not just because it keeps us from passing out and turning blue if we're not breathing, but I just find it a great way to settle in and get ready and reset and learn more about Divorce with Dignity. Did you know that every 13 seconds there's a divorce in America? 6,646 divorces, if you do the math per day, that's over 46,500 divorces per week. That's a lot of divorces. Our guest tonight, Kristen Darcy, is a divorce recovery expert. She helps you get through the emotional, physical, financial, and spiritual struggles that divorce can hand us and have you come out the other side with the life of your dream. So let's welcome Kristen Darcy and get started on tonight's show, When Once Upon a Time Becomes Nevermore. Welcome to Life Interrupted Radio, Kristen. Hi, Sharon. Thank you so much for having me on this Friday night. It's nice to be in a safe place for sharing and inspiring, and I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Now, I know Valentine's Day is rapidly approaching. I know it's kind of like backwards thinking here about talking about divorce. You know, I know February can be a particularly rough time for relationships. They make it through the holidays. And yet in February, it seems like sometimes things just begin to go askew. And I also find that that uh, February 14th date carries a lot of expectations with it. Is There's a statistic that January of the first month of the year, there's an increase of calls into attorneys seeking information about divorce or divorcing. And there was a a little bit of confusion if January or March is dubbed the divorce month. And it actually turns out to be March. So you're spot on because what, what I have noticed in my experience, my personal experience, and also my professional, is that you really hold yourself together through the holidays. You come looping around to the January to start anew to see if your relationship is salvageable, right? So you make it through January, and then maybe you start thinking this isn't going to work, and the heartache starts. And then you call and you start investigating options, investigating how this will be. And then you have February, plunk, right in the middle of January and March. And then March actually is the month where most people file for divorces. So this is such a a perfect time to um, creating the space for women to and men to listen in and help in this process because it is a process. Well, I'm glad you brought that up and added the four men because I know Life Interrupted Radio, we are on the eWomen's Network, and we talk a lot about for women, but I know tonight we're going to share the strategies, we're going to share the way to protect and advocate and 
for yourself and your children applies to both men and women. I know when I was going through my divorce, the critical thing I wanted to make sure is there was no shrapnel for my kids, that my kids were right. going to be not pulled into this in any any more than they had to be. Now, I know you came about being a divorce coach in quite a unique way. Why don't you share your story with us? When I was in my personal story deciding if what was happening within my 17-year marriage to the the man that I thought we would be together with forever. And, you know, I had those love blinders on. And so over the course of my life, at 22, I started my own business. I had a preschool. I had a staff of 28 women. I was the chairman of the board of the Chamber of Commerce. So I'm this girl who really is you know, able to move forward with confidence and, and think, okay, what can, how can I serve? You know, that's my prayer. How can I serve the Lord and humanity? And so at 22, I opened my own business. I sold it. And then within thinking I would sell my business, we got married and thinking I would be pregnant the next moment. And I wasn't. And that brought that dark night of the soul into how do you create when your creation cycle is interrupted, what do you do? And that was my learning for 20 years within uh, my relationship with my ex-husband is when life gets interrupted, what do you do? What are your choices? What's the system? Um, The realization that my marriage wasn't going to stay together, you know, the court system uses the word intact intact for your family. Your family isn't intact anymore. And that kind of sends a shot up my back because that was so similar to the word infertility. You know, you're infertile. No, we're never infertile. You know, I like to say the cycle of creation is interrupted or your soul is really pointing you on the path that you need to be doing. There's a disconnect. So what I ended up doing Uh, After the trauma of infertility and loss, I became a study of the emotional component of stress. And that's where my books came in. In my divorce, this high-conflict divorce, when when I finally saw our, our trueness, when I was really seeing the truth, I completely lost it again. I went into despair, into grief, and then I was in such judgment of myself. And I thought, okay, Lord, you know, I'm going to apply what I have known and learn more skills. And then sitting within the court system, Sharon, with my, you know, with my children, and I think what you said is echoed. And, you know, I'm going to use me as a female, but, of course, the caregiver person within the relationship is their similarity. So that could be a woman or a man, right? And seeing that I'm coming from a place of let's make this a win-win, let's come together, and you go into this very public arena with your very intimate marriage, and it's a win-lose situation. And that triggers that energy of win, you know, win-lose within within this creation of a divorce. So what I set out to do was to create systems, self-care systems for the beginning, and that's what we're talking about. Well, maybe you made it through the holidays, and now you're in January, going into February. You're sitting in February. What are you thinking you're doing? Well, part of your plan or part of your intent needs to include self-care. And then that self-care system needs to go from the beginning to the middle, which you might shift and change, and then the aftercare. Because the aftercare is just as critical as the care in the middle of this process. So that's how I had the feeling no other woman should have to suffer or feel the heartache and pain, if I can give another person a hand up during the system, then um, that will be my service now. So that's how I came to apply the coaching skills and the education and the wisdom that I gained through the fertility challenges to now helping uh, families transitioning to look like a different family. Mm. You know, first-hand knowledge, first, uh, traveling that road and slogging through all that muck is really one of the best teachers I've ever found. And you had mentioned about life being interrupted, and you know, and that uh, sometimes that opens you up to your soul calling. And I, I'm, 
I'm living testament to that myself. So I understand where we can come through our painful stories and come out the other side and be able to help others. And in that context of helping others, when we've made that decision, it's, it's time. It's time to, to leave. It's time to transition into a new phase for both partners, for myself and, and my partner. What are a couple of the first steps? Uh, you mentioned self-care. What does that mean? What, what can I be doing to uh, begin the process? Well, I'm, I'm a very concrete person. Like I need to be able to have do something. Because there's a part of our brain that if you're not doing something, you're feeling that the cycle won't end. Uh, You get triggered. I have to do something. And that part is our reactionary part. What ends up happening is you get stuck on that side of your brain, that quote-unquote reptilian side of the brain. And that's the reactionary part of the brain. And and I am speaking from, um, you know, learn from my mistakes because once I did decide that this isn't going to work, once the otherness of, of our life came through, it was a knee-jerk reaction, and I was in reactionary mode. So how do you act versus react? And the best way is to make sure you're triggering both sides of your brains, your left and your right, and there's this cool connection between the brains called the amygdala. And how you do that is so powerful. It's simply by asking yourself questions and say, you know, am I, am I reacting? I'm, I'm triggered. I'm triggered. Am I triggered? And the best way to get both sides of your brain's brain connected again, to get stop that fight or flight uh, process that is absolutely normal, organic, and necessary is to write to jot something down. And what I have done for me is simply ask myself two questions. What do I feel and what do I need? What am I feeling right now? I'm feeling intense anger. I am so angry right now. And us as women, and I'm only going to talk about us as women for a moment there, we have not really been taught how to claim our feelings and let that be okay to be with those feelings. I'm angry. Okay, you're angry. What do you need right now? I I need a walk. I need to scream. I need, what do you need? And that cycle, and write it down, I feel angry. I need blank. And so what that does, it, it stops you. It gives you mental, emotional, physical, spiritual oxygen because it takes you out of that reactionary place. I know for a fact that in the beginning of my divorce, I was reactionary, and this goes back to the point that you talked about. My sole focus became shepherding my children through this as skillfully as I could, and knowing now that really I, was, I, I needed more help. And that brings me to the second step, which is really asking for help and accept help when offered. That's a skill also that can carry you throughout this whole divorce process. Because what is our instinct? How are you? I'm fine. No, you really aren't fine. I know I wasn't fine. I was on the divorce diet. I went, you know, I'm 5'8", and I was weighing 112 pounds. I was down to a size zero. And and so everybody would say, "How are you doing?" Oh, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm I'm mechanically getting through everything, right? No, no. And so those two powerful questions: What do I feel? And what do I need? Yeah, let's ponder on that. What do I feel? And what do I need? While we go to this commercial break, and we'll be back with Kristen Darcy, divorce coach, in just a moment. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by LifeInterruptedRadio.com to learn more. And our sponsor this week is the book Mindfulness in Action. How to Create Chaos. (laughs) How to Create Chaos. Oh, goodness sakes. How to Create Peace (laughs) Amongst the Chaos. 
I think we're talking too much here about chaos. But anyway, be sure and go over to mindfulnessinactionbook.com and get your own copy of a very powerful four-minute meditation that will help you reset and reconnect. Again, that's mindfulnessinactionbook.com to download your own four-minute meditation. We'll be back in just a moment. You're connected to the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back, everyone. This is Life Interrupted Radio, and we've been talking with Kristen Darcy, a divorce recovery expert, and she's been sharing with us some great tips to thrive during and after the divorce. The first ones were about questions, being sure to ask ourselves questions. What do I need? What do I want? How do I feel? Years ago, I had a mentor teach me a, a question, a phrase that goes along with this so powerfully. And I want to see what you think of this phrase. And it's, what did I see, hear, and feel that led me to believe? And that you fill in the blanks. It could be, what did I see, hear, and feel that led me to believe I'm angry? What did I see, hear, and feel that led me to believe he's angry? What did I see, hear, and feel that led me to believe my children need more tender, loving care at this moment? I found that that really brought me back into the present and kept me from ruminating on maybe, (laughs) I won't say fantasy, but ruminating on things that maybe weren't real. Right, because it's the perception, correct? It's the perception of what's happening that you assign meaning to that creates that cycle, the cycle of fear. And the divorce process is like blowing off an atomic bomb of fear and being able to be aware of where that fear lands within you, within each of your bodies, your emotional body, your spiritual body, your physical body, and then also be able to look out. And if you're uh, the parent, the mother with children, how is this affecting them? And so it's the projection, right? What we're talking about is the projection or assigning meaning And going back to how you can help your children through this, because how do you step out of looking at the situation, what you just said, projecting meaning onto it, and then assigning or or trying to help them, but that's your perception, and that you don't mess with my kids, right? I think all of us women have that mama lioness, don't mess with my Uh, kids. You can mess with me, but don't mess with my kids, right? So going back to perception and getting clear about what the other person needs and getting clear about what you feel and and releasing that and being patient with yourself about how you're feeling, the non-judgment of yourself. I took a regular spiral notebook, and there's this great feeling chart that has all these different faces. I think there's a hundred of them. You know, you're angry, you're upset, you're joyful, you're you're nervous, you're stressed. And there's all these faces, and they you know, they're different faces. And I taped it in the cover of the, of the notebook and had a private conversation with my son, who was 11 at the time, and my daughter. And I said, this is a tool that I want you and I to use. You can either write into it privately and say, you know, this is mine, or you can write me a note back and forth about how you're feeling and what, what you think I could do to help you. And so my son took the notebook and said, yeah, okay, yeah, this is great, and tucked it. And I knew when he answered me he had no intention of, of, of using this tool. And on the other hand, my daughter was very young at the time. She was seven, turning eight. She threw it at me down the stairs when I was carrying a load of laundry and said, I'm not using this. And she whipped it at me because <laughs> I was talking about <laughs> anger. And I said, okay. You know, I honored her feelings. But then she embraced it. So she started each night within the journal drawing a face because at the time she's teeny-weeny. She's just learning how to read and write. She drew the face. And it's so important to teach your children that their voice, there's power in their voice, there's power in acknowledging how you feel and also releasing that. And so here she was, this little being, you know, drawing faces every night in her book. 
And sometimes she would that. come over to me. Isn't it beautiful? Like I think about it and I get teary because she is so in tune. You know, we're five years out now. She's so in tune. More so, I look at her and I say, you know, I want to be you when I go <laughs> grow up because she's just so connected to herself, grounded. Important part of self-care through a divorce, through this trauma, is making sure you're you're grounded on the earth. You know, in into the earth energy. I don't know in your in your experience with your children, um, if if that was offered up, how would you feel that would have been received? I think they would have enjoyed it. I like the idea of the pictures, especially with the younger children who uh, might not be able to know the the words for what they're feeling, but definitely can look at a face and enjoy drawing. And the release that you get from the physical actually either writing or drawing is such a powerful release. And I am a huge advocate of journaling, not just in those life-interrupted moments such as a divorce, but what I'm a huge advocate of also is I was taught years ago to always journal on the right-hand page of the present moment and leave the left-hand page blank and then come back at a predetermined time, whether it's one month, three months, six months, a year, and just make note, read the right-hand page and make note on the left-hand page of what's different. And what I learned through that process is how powerful it's in the moment. It might feel there's no end. It might feel like, oh, no, is this my life from now on until they, until they you know, put me six feet under? Yet when we go back in a month or three months, six months, a year or more, we realize that this too shall pass, both the negative and the positive but it was a powerful learning process to be able to journal. And I love the idea of drawing the faces, even for, for small children, of course, but it really resonates with me as an adult, being able to draw a face of what I'm going through in that moment. And I'm thinking on the left-hand side, drawing a face of what I'm going through, whether it's positive or negative, on that side next time. Right. To be able to match up, right. match up the faces or not match up the faces. I have um, shared this with my my uh, clients, both going through, you know, whatever um, interruption in your life uh, it is really about getting to know who you are in the moment and keeping yourself close to your divinity, to your holiness, and realizing that you're not ever separated from the divine in you, and that fear loop is an interruption between, you know, your heart and your in and your mind or your heart in and and life. But the more safety nets, the more strategies that you can put into um into the loop. And don't get me wrong, when this when this first happened, you know, I was a robotic you know, going through the motions, making lunch, putting the kids in school, trying to work, and crumbling and crying, and and then allowing allowing myself, and then hearing other people, and, and the impatience with myself, and the impatience from other people. You know, like you, you know, I should have been moving through this, and why do you even care about this? Or you know, why? And it really is creating that cocoon around you, you know, allowing yourself to witness you through this, through this growth. Let you bring that up because oftentimes we don't give ourselves, especially as women or whoever the major caregiver is, give ourselves permission to to actually feel it, to, to go through it. I was divorced about 20 years ago, wanting to be strong for my kids, but never really giving myself permission to grieve, even putting up that strong face maybe for the kids when I was alone, not allowing myself to really feel what I was feeling and giving myself permission. What In this moment, do I need to cry? In this moment, do I just need to laugh? What do I need in this moment? And I'm glad you bring that up because... Being able to stay connected to all parts of ourselves and giving ourselves permission to just be is pretty powerful. Right, because what ends up happening if you exile that part of you that needs love and care and support and compassion, the things that you are, you know, just speak as mothers, same virtues that you are trying to cocoon and and provide for your children or for others, if you don't do that to yourself first. You create an exiled uh, emotional body. 
And before you know it, that kind of takes on the persona. It takes on energy until it does get acknowledged. And so one of the things that I did the same thing, Sharon, I was trying to hold it together so my children feel like everything is fine. Everything is going to be okay. It's fine. It's not fine. It was not (laughs) fine. Their little world as they knew it and my world as we knew it was totally forever changed. And it was how do we learn to be okay with the totally different. And that's a process, right? That's a process of the new, quote, normal. I mean, we just have to acknowledge that life is a process and we just have to walk through it. And we'll be back. I've got to take a quick commercial break here. But we'll be back and review the steps that we've learned so far of asking questions, journaling and drawing these faces. And then we'll learn some more from Kristen Darcy. Just a moment. Life Interrupted Radio will be back after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com to learn more. And our sponsor today is mindfulnessinactionbook.com. mindfulnessinactionbook.com. Be sure and pop over there today and get your own four-minute meditation. Imagine being able to reset, reinvigorate yourself, and be able to start your day in just four minutes. I know when I first started meditating, I thought, oh my goodness, who has the time? Over in mindfulnessinactionbook.com, it only takes four minutes. Well, welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Kristen Darcy today, a divorce coach. And we've been learning all sorts of ways to make it through that very painful time in life when a relationship ends. I know we've been talking about divorce, but it could be whenever a relationship ends. What can we do? And Kristen shared with us, and I'll have her recap what she shared, this idea of asking questions and being able to journal and write our feelings and even draw our feelings and how to share that with our children. So, Kristen, the first, the two questions you had us ask ourselves. They were, what do I feel and what do I need? It's almost stopping you in the tracks because I know I used to say it's as if those negative thought chatter in my mind would take me right into, like, um, uh, you know, negativeville. And how instead of, instead of allowing that story to take over, just stop yourself. Okay, what is it I'm feeling? Because obviously this is, I'm triggered. What is the feeling and what do I need? And before the break we were talking about, you know, creating a journal system or creating a way of writing it down because organically that triggers both sides of your brain, which helps you go from reactionary to action-driven, right? And we're talking about how to approach that with your children, you know, maybe providing them the face chart and saying, you know, you don't have to write, but maybe you can just draw the face that, that you, you fe- you're feeling right now. And Lastly, on that loop that you and I were talking about how we didn't allow ourselves to break down, and, and probably I didn't allow myself to break down in front of my children, right, because I didn't want them to feel unsafe or unsecure or that, oh, my goodness, they're looking at me to shepherd them through it and I'm falling apart. And a friend of mine basically said to me, well, isn't that a disservice, Because by showing your children your humanity of who you are, that you're sad and upset and heartbroken and angry and confused, but you still get up and you still do everything you need to do, and you're you're healing and you're 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 trying to find a way to be to be who you are, and that struck me because. I started saying out loud to my kids, okay, I'm feeling triggered right now. It has nothing to do with you. You have done nothing, but I am feeling angry right now. So I'm just going to feel angry right now, but it has nothing to do with you. Just know that. (laughs) And they started using that language. Okay, okay, I know know it's not you, but I'm feeling this. Because it's not taking it personally. You know, you are not the feeling. You know, you are not the feeling. You know, there's that movie Shrek. If you're a parent, you know Shrek movie. And when he passes, you know, he passes gas and he says, better out than in. And I used to say that. (laughs) I say that to my kids, you know, better out than in. 
whatever way it takes to get that out and be validated and heard and witnessed is is better than holding it in. And to be honest what with you, so we're... What an lesson for our kids. I'll, I'll say live in action lesson for our children is not to be the heroine or hero of the story, but to be the true person going through the story. And you know what happened, Sharon, was that they, first of all, our children know more than we perceive they do. They actually were more keyed into things and more aware of things than I had ever imagined. And so don't think that they don't know underneath the, oh, have a great day, I'll see you at three, you know, that they don't emotionally pick up on what's going on. So let's just get it on the table and let's just be with each other. And I think it's hilarious because this part of our lives together, this last six years, have been twisting and turning and heartbreaking and and all those other emotions, but there's other emotions on there too. It's really, we really appreciate what we have, what what we've created as relationships within each other, you know, between each other. And that is the, I love the commercial about meditation. It doesn't have to be, you know, you sit down and it's this whole day and you're, and you're, you know, you're in the the position and you hold it. And because I used to beat myself up because I would be so distracted trying to meditate. And then at the end of my attempt, I would feel worse because I was like, well, I can't do this (laughs) because, you know, this type A swirling. You know, swirling personality, it was like, I can't just sit here and not think, you know? The most powerful meditation is a simple thank you. I use that as a strategy on those moments when I got so angry that I was going to react in a way that probably wasn't beneficial for anybody. You know, just taking a deep breath, grounding myself into Mother Earth, asking the divine energy to come down and just say thank you. Because this is so cool. When I got this strategy, this was so powerful. If you believe in a spiritual part of you, that you are a soul, that you really are a soul here having this human humanity uh, existence, right? And if you believe that the divinity above and around and in and through and all of us are the energy of divinity, of divine, of of godliness, of holiness, that they're truly, that energy is really so supportive and providing the best outcome that our little being right now really can't think of. So if you held on to the fact that the divine resolution is already created, if you flip that and said the divine resolution is already there, your life is moving towards the abundance divine resolution, there is such a freedom in that notion. And Mm -hmm. your whole system relax that, oh, instead of I'm moving through this hell, which it feels like hell, right? Instead, I'm moving towards my divine resolution, which is already created. As I mentioned before, this too shall pass, but that divine resolution and what is it that I am supposed to know? know, what What is the next part of this life? And you're right, that's what Life Interrupted Radio is about, is showing ways to thrive. And not just survive in our life after something unexpected like a divorce happens. I love that idea of being able to look. I know a lot of times people say look for the lessons. And I don't know, lessons is kind of a heavy word in my mind (laughs) as if I'm back in school. But look, look for the opportunities. Look, Look for the laughter. Look for the joy. Because there is laughter and joy and opportunity in every situation. Well, and then there's also when you are confronted through the process of divorce, and there's a flip. It goes back to what I said. This is not a win-win situation. It really isn't. And depending on your personality and who, who you're dealing with, you know, it's someone's always going to feel like they got uh, the short end of the stick. And so when you have those feelings, and God knows I've had those, you know, um, we lived a very affluent life. 
we worked together, but at the end of the divorce, it wasn't a we. It was just, and so instead of going into the victim mode of, oh, good golly, Miss Molly, and thinking, holy guacamole, you know, this is not where I thought it was going to be, and, you Mm -hmm. know, the victim part, the victim part of it was, yeah, well, you know, um, that there has to be something um, more for my soul to be doing through this. And it doesn't say that you can't feel those feelings. You know, you can't feel the the sadness because there is a lot of women of a certain age <laughs> that are in the similar situation. Now doing this work and helping women navigating this, you know, there there has been lifetimes spent in supportive ways for their partner and coming out the other end feeling, first of all, this isn't where I thought I was going to be at this age, and I'm starting over. But on the other hand, it's the soul freedom. You know, and so it's a balancing of, okay, yep, here I, I feel that. You know, I feel the injustice or the, the unfairness of this. I'm, you know, there's one amazing woman that, I, that we had this conversation and she supported her partner through education, and they finally landed at the end. And when they landed at the end in this dream house, he, you know, looked at her and said, I, I'm not going to go the, the distance with you. But he was going to go mm-hmm. the distance with the 23-year-old secretary. And she said to me, I'm watching her live my life, you know, reap the benefits of the dedication, you know, to building this and that's a lonely place and a hard feeling, right? But Absolutely. there's a there's a flip side to that. There's a flip side to the coin there. It is the freedom, the freedom that you have, you know, of of choosing to be with someone who is honoring of you, all of you. And so I think that that speaks to aftercare. And the aftercare is knowing that those feelings are going to come around again, right? That when you said, I don't like the word lesson because you feel like it's linear, like first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, right? <laughs> but that us as humans don't learn like that, Sharon, do we? No, it's secular. It's more like a spiral around you, right? So just know in your mind without judgment when those feelings come around, it's not that you're back in first grade and you haven't, quote-unquote, learned the lesson, those feelings just come, we're human. Those feelings come around again, and maybe this time you don't dive into the despair, but you say, oh, yeah, here's the despair again. Yeah, oh, yeah, I feel this. But you don't take that on. You don't take that on as armor, or you don't take that on as another part of you. It's like, oh, I know this feeling. I'm just going to let myself feel this. I have this great friend of mine who is an author and a speaker, and he said, you know what I do? I just claim it. You know, get out of my way because I'm going to be crabby and ugly. And he goes, Kristen, try that for a week. And so I did. And you know what ended up happening? I would laugh at myself. You know, I'd say to my kids, I'm having a really bad day. I'm going to talk loud. And I'm just going to be mean all day. And I would laugh because, you know, that's not who really we are or maybe we are for that moment. But it just gets it through. You know, and so I think just knowing that you didn't do anything to deserve this, because a lot of women say, what did I do to deserve this? No, no, it's a creation. It's, your, it, it's where you are in your life. And the most important thing to do is state your intention that you want to have happen moving forward. What are the three things you want to have in your life right now that you don't? You know, what are the three things you want to change right in the current moment? And what are the three things you want to create? And then start daydreaming about what you want to create. We'll get back and talking about aftercare and what that daydream can look like for you in just a moment. Life Interrupted Radio will return after these messages from our sponsors. It's great sponsors like these that keep this show coming to you every week. Be sure and stop by LifeInterruptedRadio.com to learn more. 
And our sponsor for this show is the Mindfulness in Action book. You can learn more about how to be mindful every day, all day, and create peace amongst the chaos over at mindfulnessinactionbook.com. Once there, be sure and download your free MP3 four-minute meditation. I love that meditation. It's a quick way to refresh, regroup, just get it all together in just four minutes. Remember, go to mindfulnessinactionbook.com for your free four-minute meditation. You're connected to the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Life Interrupted Radio. As we continue here, we're talking with Kristen Darcy. She's a divorce coach. She helps people through that process of divorce and maintaining your sanity through that process. And we've been talking about ways. First off, we started at the top of the hour, you know, the start. What happens when you first start thinking about divorce? And here in the last few minutes, we're going to be talking about aftercare and how, you know, as we're coming out the other side, coming out the other end. And one of the things we were talking about in my own uh, frame of reference, I'll say, is emotional availability. And as we were sharing, Kristen, you were sharing all the tips and techniques. What was going through my mind is what well, one of the things you, using your processes, uh, what I would learn about myself is something that would be very useful for me for the rest of my life. And that's to know in the moment what I'm emotionally doing, how I'm emotionally feeling. I think a lot of us are taught, at least in my generation, to, we were taught sort of to buck up, shall I say, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And this idea of being able to state our feelings and know our feelings, almost to the absurd or extreme, as you were sharing right before the break, is a great service for us to carry into our next relationships and our relationships with friends and families, even if it's not another intimate relationship, but even with our friends and families. Because being emotionally available, knowing where we are emotionally, is such an important skill that's often overlooked. Right. And so, you know, are, is your heart open or is your heart closed? And I think this was the gift that I have that I'm carrying with me going forward is to be aware enough to do that self-check. You know, we all check the weather, you know, especially here on this weekend, and we're supposed to have yet another snowstorm uh, in Massachusetts. You know, we're, we're, we're so awesome about checking the weather. You know, check the weather. What do you need? What do you need? What do you need to wear? You know, do you need a raincoat or mittens, glass? You know, here we're, we're blizzards, so we need the shovel. But we're so tuned, in tune to check the weather, so if you could use that analogy about checking yourself, right, check your emotional health, you know, are you open or closed? I'll tell you a funny story. It's like it's been a while. It's been a while. And I had, you know, if, you, if you're in a long-term marriage and then you start dating again, right, is, is there a connection, you know, and how do you do that? How do you start putting yourself open out there? especially after a trauma of a divorce, a trauma of a heartache, of tri- you know, a violation and, and all the other emotions that we talked about, the heaviness. So how do you stay open in the light? You know, how do you uh, surround yourself with that compassionate love, loving kindness? And so, you know, checking, you know, are, do I feel open or do I feel closed? And so there might be a disconnect to where you are on that. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was actually meeting uh, a friend of mine who had gone through a divorce before me, called me in a panic and said, um, oh, my God, I have this date, and I'm not going to go, and I can't go. You know, she was working mom to, you know, kids, and I, uh, and I was like, no, you're going. You know, you sparkle yourself up, and you put your clothes on, and you go and have a glass of wine, and you sit and just, you're not going to marry the guy. Just go out of the house and, and go see him and blah, blah, blah. And she was so angry at me. I'm like, you know what, get, out, get, get over your big bad self. You know, this is just a meeting another person. So she went and, you know, that was, you know, six years later and they're still together, right? So now, you know, don't you hate when your words come back at you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> so here I am, you know, calling her and saying, I'm not going. This is ridiculous. You know, why am I doing this? And, and um, she's like, you're going. Remember those words you told me, you know, six years ago? You, you just, you're going to go. And it, and it wasn't until afterwards 
that you actually need your tribe. You need a village around you. You need the village around you in the beginning, in the middle, in the end to, to help you with your awareness. It sounds, you know, maybe it sounds uh, trite, but you do need the people on your left and on your right. And who are those people? And what do those people have to have for values? And, and I found, and I don't know if this happened for you, Sharon, that relationships and friendships that you, you really thought were important and close, going through a divorce, you know, their sides. And, you know, I remember Curb Your Enthusiasm. You know, I picked, I picked, I, they didn't pick Larry. And, of course, that happens. But that's also a time to cultivate new friendships. And I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about opening your heart to, you know, fellow travelers. And I think I that's think, critically important. We tend to sort of batten down the hatches and, and during this process shelter ourselves from the pain. And unfortunately, what that oftentimes does is shelter us from everything, not just the pain of the divorce, but in that battening down the hatches, it oftentimes cl- closes us off. Right. You close your heart, right? You close your heart. And you have to just allow that to happen. And so if a listener is, is, is like where I was, like, oh, and where my friend was too, I'm not going. You know, it's just bringing your awareness that you did batten down the hatches. And that was survival skill, right? And so how do you open yourself up in faith and trust and, you know, allow yourself to go back out into the world knowing that there is a possibility that you'll get hurt again, right? And, but how do you move past that fear or, or whatever block it is to keeping you from doing that? And that's personal. Yeah, besides having good friends that, <laughs> that you can call and that will sort of verbally push you out the door, <laughs> what are a couple right. of other tips when we're, try- <laughs> when we're trying to open our heart again? What are a couple other tips that you have that we can close out the show? I, I'm just shocked at how fast the time is going here. <laughs> I know. Well, I think it is with checking in with yourself and, re- again, asking yourself those questions. How do I feel? What do I need? And then deciding, you know, maybe it's just a baby step. Maybe you're not ready to go in, and go on a date, but maybe it's you're ready to go take a new class. And that's part of opening yourself up to a new dream. You know, creating your dream list, just sitting for a moment and writing down, you know, answering questions. If I had unlimited time, talent, money, and support from my family and friends, here's a list of things that I would do with my life. That's a powerful question that my ex-husband and I asked each other. You know, we would do that together every January 1st. And, and when our marriage is falling apart, that stopped. And that is so powerful. Your dream. What are you dreaming? What dream got interrupted that you would like to, to revisit again? So after my, during my divorce, I started dancing again, Sharon. I used to dance. I took jazz, an adult jazz class, and did a dance recital. That wasn't for How a love partner. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was for me. That was for me. And I met this awesome group of women and we're very close. I did that for two years. And then I started doing yoga. You know, what? what is my dream? I wanted to do yoga every week. And then I walked every day. So part of the everyday certainty system that I use during my coaching um, clients in a nutshell, at the end, and I know we're running out of time, is each day, you know, to create one nurturing item that you do for yourself and then write a gratitude list. And at first, maybe you don't have a lot of things to be grateful for, and that's where that powerful just thank you in the morning comes in. Before you even start your day or reach for your phone, if you're sitting up in your bed and putting your feet on the floor, just say thank you. Thank you. It's so powerful. Those are powerful words. Thank you. Thank you. It's a powerful prayer. Because, you know, maybe you're not in the state of mind that you, you are holding gratitude for what you have right now because maybe you can't. And that's okay. But simply, quietly, upon waking, 
putting your feet on the floor, saying thank you. And then at the end of the day, as you, you know, put your tired body down, say thank you again. It's the energy of love. How so you do a nurturing is item. Isn't that powerful? So one nurturing item, one, two beautiful or three beautiful thank yous during the day, and then your intent. You know, I move through this day with grace and ease. And maybe oh, you think you're fibbing. It. You know, maybe you're fibbing to yourself. And I thought I, I was fibbing to myself because I didn't feel graceful and I wasn't feeling much at ease. But I believe that. I move through today with grace and ease. Thank you. The more we say that and the more we say thank you, the more it becomes true. And that's what I love about that. We're just about out of time. In the last minute that we have, please share with the audience how they can learn more about you and your website and uh, more about your work. Oh, I'm uh, such cool stuff. So if you just visit my website, Kristen Darcy D. K-R-I-S-T-N-D-A-R-C-Y dot com. Each month I provide a complimentary tele-coaching call, and you can learn more about that on my blog, which is Divorcing Intact, and um, also sign up for my newsletter. Because, Sharon, don't you love freebies? I love freebies. So there's always something new and exciting (laughs) that you can – you can just take, and if it resonates with you, imply it, you know, apply it in your life. But if you could just, over the course of listening to our beautiful conversation over this hour, and thank you so much for having me, Sharon, just take one tip and apply it for the next 21 days. Feel and see the shift. So once again, just just visit my website, kristendarcy.com, and uh, I'd love to hear from the listeners. Well, fantastic. And as we were talking about the power of saying thank you, thank you, Kristen Darcy, for being my guest today on Life Interrupted Radio. Everyone, be sure and join us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time to start the weekend on a new and positive note. been listening to life interrupted radio to learn more listen to other shows and gain free resources that can help empower your life be sure to stop by lifeinterruptedradio.com soul is really pointing you on the path that you need to be doing there's a disconnect Connected to the EWN Radio Network. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.